Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indie. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. What's up, everybody? My name's Indy, and the gentleman sitting right next to me is Mr. Jay Powell, and this is Indie Game Business. Today, we have our special guest, uh, Dr. Chris Bartell, and uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff. Griefing in video games? I've never done that. Morality and ethics. Morality and ethics. Yeah. I've... What are those exactly? <laughs> Somebody has some somewhere. I'm I mean, sure. it's a exactly. video game. It's it's digital things. Right. Who cares if they die? And, and, yeah, and to exactly. be clear, we're, we're discussing the morality and ethics in the games, not whether or not games are moral morality, immoral, yeah. and, and ethically inclined. Talking about like it's... the player's actions in games. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Is it wrong for me to do something in a game? Even if it's like a single player game where nobody else is harmed, is it ever wrong for me to do something bad in a game? Hell yeah. Like really I mean, it, depends on, it probably depends on what religion, because in some religions, isn't it even bad to just think about doing something bad? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, actually, that's a point. So I, I, I'm a philosophy professor. I apologize if I'm going to be boring. But uh, it's something that um, St. Augustine talked about like centuries ago, this like anxiety about having immoral thoughts he, he worried about. Um, I don't think we need to really worry about that. But some people do. Right. Yeah. Some people have. So you've actually been doing research into this, and you've got there's a book coming out in, in August. But give us a little bit of the backstory. Tell us, you know, what inspires you to get doing this, and you know, what have you learned along the way, and mm. and, and then we can dive in from there because I don't have. Cool. I have Wait, I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. He he was like destroying stuff in uh, single player games, and then was like, why do I like this so much? <laughs> you know, the weird thing was, it wasn't why did I like it so much, but there are these, you know, strange cases where I try to do something in a game and I don't like it and it freaks me out. And then I stopped and thought, well, why should I care? It's all fiction anyways. It doesn't matter. Um, that was a turning the, point for me. That exact thought was a turning point for me. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it was, the game was uh, Bioshock. It was when I was playing Bioshock. Um I can't harvest the little sisters. No matter how many times I play the game, I can't do it. Like I sat down once thinking I'm a good researcher. I need to research, you know, how we make choices in games. So I sat down once was like this time I'm going to harvest all the little sisters. And when I got to it, I just couldn't do it. And that's the thing that really started me thinking, like, why would it matter? It's fiction anyways, but sometimes I feel bad about it. Maybe I'm oversensitive. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like when we had breakfast the other week. I, you know, yeah. I've been playing Civilization since the very first Civilization, and and I can't ever bring myself to start nuking people, even when See, I know I, that's, that's the what, way. That's what I need to do to win. Yeah, I did that once. I did it once to see like how is how does the mechanic work, and then afterwards I kind of felt icky about it. Yeah. <laughs> I nuked a whole city. What's my problem? That, that's a big doctoral word right there. Icky. Icky, yes. Yeah, I learned that in grad school. Um, so I got started with this. Um, you know, I've been playing games since my parents bought me that Atari 2600 back in, you know, 1982. Um, and as an academic, I feel like out of these decades of playing games, I should make something of it, like I should research this. Um, so over the years, I don't know how many things that I've killed, how many, you know, aliens and orcs and splicers and darkspawn. Um, 
And in games, I've killed lots of people, too, and some of those people deserved it, but some of them really didn't. Um, and it's those kind of cases that made me wonder, why do I do this, and why, why am I interested? Like, you know, imagine um, you meet somebody, and the first thing they tell you is, I like to spend, you know, 12 hours a day just fantasizing about violence. I think you'd be freaked out. I think that would be kind of a strange thing to admit. But in a way, that's what we do. Like, we spend hours a day just fantasizing about these violent scenarios. So is Maybe there, I'm the only one that worries about that. I don't know. When you say it, we fantasize about it, do you mean it in terms of we're just thinking about it or we're thinking about it with an ounce of pleasure in it. Yeah, that's that's a really good distinction because that's part of what my research led me to is that, you know, why do we make moral choices in games? There are loads of games where we're allowed to make moral choices. There are loads of games that allow us to do all sorts of things. Um, how do we go about the process of making choices in games? Sometimes we make those choices just strategically, like I kill this person in the game because I get some loot out of it or I get a strategic advantage. Um, Sometimes morality really has nothing to do with my choices. Um, sometimes we do bad things in games just because we're experimenting, just because I want to see what the mechanics of the game do and how it works. Um, but I think there are some cases where we make a choice or we do something in a game actually because we want to see it done. And those are the cases that really interest me. Um, so, Jay, you brought up the idea of when we fantasize you know, we could fantasize in the sense that we're just thinking about it, and I think that happens an awful lot, like when I'm playing a game just for, and I'm taking some strategic pleasure in whatever it is. But then there are cases where I use the game to fantasize where I'm really invested in the character, and I really connect to the character in some way, and it matters to me how this character's choices are made, how their life plays out. Those are cases where I think it gets more interesting. So, in we talked about a couple of the games. When you're going and do, doing the actual research, how mm -hmm. did you go about doing it? And you know, what types of games did you look at? Um, I'm kind of boring. I, I um, tend to look at when I look at the specific games I look at tend to be the ones that get a lot of media attention. So when there's a debate about, you know, violence in video games, the kind of games that pop up in those sort of debates tend to be the triple A games. Um, so I tend to focus my attention on those just because they're the ones that so many people talk about and worry about. And, and I feel bad about that because I'm sure there's loads of great indie stuff out there that I'm not seeing. Um, but I tend to take that really kind of boring approach of just focusing on the stuff that gets a lot of um, you know media attention with you know, with that debate. Um, so when I actually go out playing, I I try to play as much as I can, but I can't possibly play everything. So a lot of times, I uh, instead of directly playing a game, I'll just rely on watching a YouTuber play the game, and I get the sense of what sort of decisions and um, scenarios you go through in the game that way. Because sometimes I can't play, you know, I can't spend 80 hours researching one game to find out that I'm not actually going to use this in my research. It's research. You just, I, you I should be able to, to write it that. off. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the betterment of education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep telling my wife it's for research, and she kind of like, ah, sure it is. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. Mine doesn't fall for it after 15 years either, so it's it's, yeah. it's good. So, and, and that make trust me, there's plenty of ethical things that we can get into just in the AAA world. So, like, I'm assuming GTA was on the list. Oh, yeah, sure. GTA is on the list. Um, the, uh, I actually thought Red Dead Redemption was a bit more interesting than GTA on this. Um, it was like one day, um, one of my colleagues, another professor in my department, oh, the guy that you met, Jay. Yeah. Um, he and I were playing Red Dead at about the same time, and he told me that uh, he discovered 
this thing everybody now knows about where you can tie you can hog tie villagers to the railroad tracks and watch trains run them over and of course as soon as he said that i ran home and tried it um, of course but that was an interesting case where i wondered why do i want to do this like i was motivated to do it because i wanted to see how the mechanic works um, you also get a trophy from it. You get the dastardly trophy. Watch um, so if you're a completionist and you want to collect every single trophy, that's something you have to do in the game to collect the trophy. But I'm more interested in, like, imagine a person who actually takes some kind of pleasure from that, that they sit down at the game and do that over and over again, just watching <laughs> villagers get run over by trains. That would freak me out. That would make me wonder, well, why are you doing that? I mean, yes, it's a fantasy. Yes, nobody is harmed by it. Yes, it's just I would just want. I would just want to see as many as how many villages I could line up on the tracks before the train ran them over. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, certainly an option, too. But that's not the kind of case I'm talking about. Like, imagine somebody who actually is doing this repeatedly because they get some weird pleasure from it. They freak me out. Well, we're not 100% certain that Andy doesn't get a weird pleasure out of it. There you go. Oh. I think I tried actually that once, like how many villagers can I get on the tracks? And I found that um, when I came back, they were gone. Ah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they let themselves go or maybe they just disappear. I don't know. Nah, it's where that whole Lone Ranger dude shows up and, and like rescues them while you're out <laughs> working on your evil plan. That's, that's the best possible too, yeah. Um, so... What, what have you seen? What I mean, what what are what's the results that you that you've had pop up? And, and we've already got a couple of questions queuing up as well, too. So, cool. Okay. Um, the thing that I'm interested in is um, like when we have debates about violence in video games, we usually talk about this in a really kind of um, consequentialist way. The way that we talk about it is that um, violence in video games doesn't cause any kind of real world violence, so that should be the end of the problem. We should have nothing left to talk about because there's no real connection to real-world violence. But that doesn't explain why sometimes I'm hesitant to do something in a game or why sometimes I feel bad about it after the fact. That's the kind of thing that I really want to get at. Um, so what I discover, what I, um, not really discovered, but what I'm arguing is that um, there are often these cases where I attribute, I identify with my avatar or the avatar I see as some kind of extension of me in the game. That doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. And when it does, um, the moral choices that I make become a lot more meaningful to me. They, they kind of represent my own view of myself in the game. Um, what it does is it, it offers me a way of representing my own moral values or my own moral character in this fictional world. So I attribute a whole bunch of value and meaning to what I'm doing because I see it as this extension of myself in this world. And interestingly, it's a world where my actions have no other consequences. So I kind of have this freedom to explore what I really value and what I really care about. I can't be the only person who does that in games. Like, surely somebody else uh, does this. For me, it's about, like, uh, exploring things that I wouldn't normal normally do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, when I first getting my granddaughter Izzy to play Minecraft, we would like burn people, or we would we would get as many animals as we could on leashes, and then we'd float up in the air and then let them go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Because why not? Because because why not? Because it's fun. Or like as many chickens as you possibly can, and then you know blow them up with TNT or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently uh, um, played the Untitled is that bad? game. Does that make me a bad oh, person? No. <laughs> no, I think what you're doing is experimenting. Experimentation makes perfect sense. I know, but More she was like six years old, and, I'm, and we're sitting there laughing about it. <laughs> my, my, when Ethan started playing, I mean, he was five or six, and, you know, every time we find a village, my first thing is, okay, let's fence it off. So they don't get turned into zombies, not because I'm a nice guy, basically because I needed merchants to sell shit to, to get, and, and if they were all zombies, then they couldn't be merchants. Whereas his first thing was, I'm going to go in and kill them all and take their houses. 
and I'm like, yeah. what you're, f <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how did that occur to you at five? That's so, I mean, this is, this is exactly it. It's, it's, it's yeah. like, wh where, where does it come from? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, does it mean we're bad people? You know, that, that actually reminds me. So we're playing Minecraft, right? And uh, it was like a dog or a sheep or something. And I'm like, well, let's just kill it. You know, it's like the first time. And so I kill it. And she's like, no, no, don't kill yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, she got yeah. all upset. And then as soon as I killed it, the next thing she did is she walked up and started killing all the animals and laughing about it. <laughs> That's awesome. When I play um, a game that I really love is Horizon Zero Dawn. I play it like... I replay it every six months or so. Um, and whenever I do, I have a seven-year-old daughter. Um, she loves to watch me play, and she gets so upset anytime I shoot a rabbit. You know, there are bunny rabbits running around, and I need them for meat. And anytime I kill one of the rabbits, she's like, Daddy, I can't believe you killed a rabbit. Funny. But other games, she cheers me on. Um, but it's that because um, it's a bunny, huh? She loves the bunny. It's the bunny. It's the bunny. Yeah. If I'm playing um, Shadow of Mordor, um, she, she, you know, cheers me on. Good job chopping off that orc's head, Daddy. And I often think, you poor little. Yeah, they're not cute. They're that's not rabbits. The, that's the whole. That's the whole thing there. Um, all right. So I got to scroll up because we got a lot going on here in chat. Oh, cool. Um, can we talk about the this war of the mind? Uh, what we were talking about before the stream started? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, so yeah, we had I a conversation think, going, and, and we stopped it so we wouldn't like. Right. You know, so I, my that. thing was like with this war of mine. I had always played it. This was like the weird turning point for me. I think I'd always played it as good, you know. But then one time I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna be bad. So in this war of mine, you're like in war torn Europe or whatever. So I go to a church. And there's a priest, and I know that there's, like, an old couple underneath. So I, instead of saving the priest, I just kill the priest. And then I just mm -hmm. go down where all the people are safe, are hiding, and then I just kill all the people. Like, there's an old couple. And mm -hmm. and that was, like, the turning point. Because I had always played games, like, sort of with my morals, except for some certain mm -hmm. situations, you know. Um, yeah. But this was, like, the turning point where I just played the whole game as a not good person. Yeah. And that, How did you feel about it? Um, I felt pretty good. <laughs> good. Yeah. So, but actually, that's an important thing. Like one of the things that I think is is um, valuable about video games is that you do get to go through this process of moral imagining, where you try out ideas that you otherwise wouldn't have a chance to try out. Um, part of what we do when we make moral decisions is we have to weigh up consequences. And I don't really know what the consequences are if I never experience the, the darker side of my consequences. So one of the things that games allow us to do is to explore that. Moral exploration is a perfectly good reason to do a bad thing in a game. Right. So, I, so we, don't feel bad about it. Uh, well, you know, I don't feel bad about it anymore. So the other thing yeah. we were talking about, during when Arma 2... It was like after it first became like a battle royale, not battle royale, but everyone could just run around and kill each other. And it was rare to see, you know, more than groups of two or three people um, running around together. So I, I had logged in. I was streaming. I had logged in one day and my client didn't update. So mm -hmm. I was like one version behind in the game. So I'm running around in the game and I was like... I think I was playing with someone. I'm like, can't you see me? And the, and I was right standing next to him, but they couldn't see me. So I realized yeah. that I was invisible in the game. Mm -hmm. So I was running around, and I came upon this group of like 20 people, and they were all in a barn, and they were standing around talking. For I couldn't hear people either. That was the thing. I couldn't hear, yeah. you know. So they were standing around talking. So I shot a gun a couple times, and nobody. Uh, they looked around. And um, then I just decided that I would just kill them all. So I just started shooting them, right? And they just started dying. And, and they were just looking around like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? So I just killed them all and then started taking all of their stuff. And then I noticed that they would come back to try and get their stuff. So when they come running up, I would let them get close and then I would just kill them. And then after that, I decided I'm just going to bury their bodies because you could bury their bodies and they would sink and then they could never get their stuff back. Oh, wow. So all of these people, you know, because it takes a while to grind to get gear, right? They all had yeah. all this awesome gear. 
And then I was just, after I did this for about an hour, laughing my ass off, I'm like, man, that was fucked up. That was like, that was like, that's like against terms of Twitch, terms of service. It was totally griefing. And so I just like, I'm done, you guys. I stopped the stream. I uninstalled the game and I didn't play it for like six months. Because wow, you felt really bad about that. I, I did feel bad. But that's a good a good analogy at what point and i hope i don't get banned on twitch for talking about that but yeah, <laughs> that yeah, i did that but it was years ago there's not even a bot of it anymore yeah we still have a new producer i mean yeah. an interesting thing about that is that it's a multiplayer game right and you know, in it that is... case you actually do have moral duties to you know other real people that are on the other side of the game so you have um you know the duty of sportsmanship Maybe you feel bad because um, that was unsportsmanly or something like that. All right. Um, but what about in single-player games where there are no other people that you have any kind of sportsmanship duties to? I don't care. Yeah, then you don't care. I don't care at all. See, I, I enjoy I it, right? I what mean, about, uh, like, the I, nice guy in the group? It's like... I, I did not play a lot of Zelda games growing up. I didn't have consoles. Mm -hmm. I, I was a, I've been a PC gamer since I was, like, five. Yeah. I got my first console when the PlayStation came out to play Gran Turismo. So I didn't play all the Zelda games growing mm -hmm. up. I have a good friend in the industry who, who to this day says I should not be allowed to be in the industry because I had never played a Zelda game. But I, I played it when it came out. When we got a Switch, I played Breath of the Wild. And my son played Breath of the Wild. And he's got a ridiculous amount of hours in it. He has loved the game. But one thing that... I noticed he would do is once he figured out that the vases were breakable and there were rupees in them, he would go in and break them everywhere. And I'm sitting back going, dude, that's somebody's house. And I don't <laughs> even know why I got that excited. I mean, why I felt like that, but I could not bring myself. I didn't feel right going into this NPC's house and breaking their shit just to get rupees. And I can't explain why. You know, it, it's just one of the things. Like I don't, I didn't think it was right. But um, that kind of, I mean, it, it makes me wonder. How, where are your moral obligations in in multiplayer games? Because it's like if it's a, especially if it's it's a PvP game, then yeah, you know, you're. you're you're not cheating. You're, you're, it's a creative use of game mechanics. Now, in this case, you, the dude, you were cheating. Oh, that was but, straight up um, cheating for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, do you guys? I'm sure you know about the um, World of Warcraft Funerary Raid. Do you remember that one? Mm -mm. Okay, World of Warcraft, um, 2006. Uh, there was a guild called. Um, there's the Horde, and then there's Serenity now. Um, yeah. So the Horde had an actual real-life member die in real life. Oh, I know. Yeah, sounds familiar now? Okay. So Horde member dies in real life. And in the game, the Horde members decide to hold a memorial service to this member in the game. Um, but they hold the memorial service in an area um, outside of a city where it's contested land. It's, in some, it's by some lake. I don't know why. Um, and then a rival guild, Serenity Now, realizes that all of the Horde members are at this memorial service without their weapons, without their armor. <laughs> so they raid the funeral, kill all of them, and take their loot. And that, you know, sparked this big debate about whether that was cheating, whether it was unsportsmanly, whether that was actually somehow wrong in the game. Um, that's that definitely not, like not sportsmanlike. <laughs> right, it's not sportsmanlike. They didn't cheat in the sense that they didn't break the code of the game. They didn't um, get an unfair advantage. They they did something. Uh, you know what can you say about it? They they um, attacked a, another team that had declared we're not playing right now. Well, it's well, kind of, it's know. kind of like uh, if you know there's a holiday or or you know there's a group of people in church and you're like, let's bomb those people. You know, they're in church. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like imagine if the funerary raid in world of Warcraft happened in real life, in real life, that would be a war crime. Yeah. That would have been, you know, obviously not okay. Even in, even in an active war, that would have been a war crime. Um, so why, what do we think about it in a game? 
Um, in a game, it's more complicated because, of course, we all recognize this is fiction, it's not real, but at the same time, it's kind of real in one sense. Like, the, the Horde members who lost all their loot they lost a whole bunch of time and energy and effort that they put into collecting that loot that was that was lost. As someone who had 10 plus years of, of time invested in World of Warcraft, I can only say that that's what you have to expect out of Alliance trash. You know, that's just too much. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> the the Horde has the, the superior moral high ground. Damn alliance, you know, that's the problem. <laughs> For the horde. Do you see, you know, in, in the games that you looked at, mm -hmm. do you see situations where the developers build in some ethics and morality? Because so mm -hmm. Nightwolf brought up a point. I don't know. I'm scrolling way the hell up in chat here. Um, well, it's kind of like um, the GTA developers built in non-morals i mean you know yeah. i played gta i played like for hours where you i just running people over literally just how many ways can i kill people how many people can i kill at once you know because those cars are very hard to control right um, in gta 4 there's a part of liberty city um i'm sure everybody knows it there's this long boulevard road that goes up a hill and at the top of the hill is a um a rotary it's like a park I absolutely love flying up that hill and seeing if I can jump the car over the park, and I always land into a pile of people. <laughs> I said, there's something wrong with me, I know. Um, but actually, so when you ask about building morals into the game, a really interesting case to, to look at is the difference between um, GTA and Red Dead Redemption. It's interesting mainly because it's, you know, they're from the same developer. Um, but they actually codify actions in the game differently depending on which game you're talking about. So in, um, think of in GTA San Andreas. So you have a morality meter where you gain respect of your, um, of your colleagues or your, your gang members. Um, if you do you know, bad things in the game, you get more respect and your, your gang members are more willing to follow you. In Red Dead Redemption, it's not respect, it's an honor meter. So you can do honorable or dishonorable things. But there's actually like a really subtle difference between those concepts. Respect is not really a moral concept. You can gain respect for all sorts of reasons. Honor, on the other hand, actually is a, a moral concept. So Red Dead Redemption kind of subtly suggests how you're supposed to act. You're supposed to value honor um, while GTA doesn't tell you how you're supposed to act, all you're supposed to do is gain respect, and you could do that by a bunch of different ways. Well. Yeah. So both of those games actually inherently, kind of subtly suggest how you're supposed to act in the world. They've already built values into it. All right. So, and I haven't played the latest Red Dead. I will confess that right up front. Well, so what <laughs> Nightwolf said: vampire rewards killing your close friends and those you connected with most. Yeah, crazy. That was, I mean, that that's kind of the the distinction that that gets interesting because even if you're talking about honor versus respect, yeah, you know, the first thing I think of is the the series that was on AMC called Hell on Wheels. And yeah. it was all about post-Civil War expansion following this railroad that was being constructed, you know, out, out west. And But the main character in there was a ex-Confederate cavalry soldier. And the whole series starts out with him systematically killing and assassinating, you know, ex-Union soldiers who were a member of some regiment or group or whatever that, that killed his family or, or friends. I can't remember who they killed, but he was after them. Mm -hmm. In that type of situation, where do, where does the honor come in? Because it would be honorable for you know a lot of that population. They would look at him as doing something honorable. He is avenging his, you know, fallen friends and family. Whereas on the you know legal side of things and the stereotypical honor it, it's not. He's, he's just basically an assassin. Mm. So in Red Dead, does it, whose version of honor are you after? Because you can be very honorable in, in GTA to your gang, 
because you went out and systematically killed out another gang, they mm -hmm. your team you, they would look at that as honorable, whereas you know the regular city folk in there aren't going to. So in that definition between respect and honor, I mean, who's, whose honor are you going by? Yeah, that's a good case. So in in the GTA case, it's the respect that you're trying to earn is the respect of your gang members. You're not trying to earn any kind of like broader societal respect. But when um, Red Dead Redemption uses honor as their moral system, that seems like the kind of actions that are honorable are actions that are like pro-social. The ones that were uh, the actions that are, um, you know, socially accepted are the honorable ones. Uh, dishonorable actions are ones that are, you know, socially unacceptable. So they're using honor as this much broader social concept rather than respect, which is a very individual uh, concept that's located with the group. I find that fascinating. Yeah, I mean, because it is, and that's where it comes down to, you know, the developers and how things are are coded in. Mm -hmm. You know, who said I'm doing good? Who says I'm doing bad? Because mm -hmm. you know, we, you and I talked about Skyrim as well, and yeah. you ask, you know, because I have <laughs> probably thousands of hours in it, and we were talking about the faction that you choose, and I told you I had never chosen the Romans. The, uh, the Imperials? Yes. Yeah. I always choose the Stormcloaks. Mm -hmm. But even in that scenario, you would have two different versions of, of, of honor and morally right. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? So when, when you were, because that was one of the games that you looked at as well, mm -hmm. why did... Why did you see one side choosing one or or the other? Oh, yeah. So um, I know what you mean. So, uh, by the way, I'm on your side on this. When I play um, Skyrim, I always choose the Stormcloaks as well. <laughs> um, but what I think is really interesting is the reason why a person chooses the Stormcloaks. Like, what what's fascinating to me about games is that um, you can dig into an individual's psychology when you look at how we make choices in games and what things motivate us to do whatever it is that we do in games. Um, so there are lots of reasons to side with the Stormcloaks. Like, for one, they're not Imperials, right? Um, another reason to side with the Stormcloaks is that they um, promote this idea of religious freedom, right? They're, they're, uh, the religion of uh, Talos in the game, right? So if you, uh, you know, generally have like anti-imperialist feelings or if you think religious freedom is a good thing, those are reasons to side with the Stormcloaks. And uh, those are probably morally good reasons to side with the Stormcloaks. But the other thing about the Stormcloaks which makes them tricky is that they also project this really like race nationalist like a very white nationalist view of Skyrim, like Skyrim is for the Nords. And that's actually one of the things about the, the Stormcloaks that makes me really anxious. Like on the one hand, yes, I don't like the Imperials and I, you know, religious freedom is a good thing. But when it sounds really white nationalist, what they're saying, then I feel like, ah, I don't know that I really want to side with these people. <laughs> What's really interesting, like imagine... A player who, you know, the player who sides with the Stormcloaks because you're, you have anti-imperialist feelings, that was a good choice. They made a good choice in the game. But imagine a player who sides with the Stormcloaks because they really are white nationalists. Like, they really do feel um, some kind of race anxiety. My God, this sounds like politics today. I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. Like, imagine a player who sides with the Stormcloaks for that reason. Even though these two players did the same thing, they both sided with the Stormcloaks, their moral reasons for doing so are totally different. And I, I'm, I would say one of them made a good moral choice and the other one didn't. Wow. Those are the cases that I think are interesting to dig into. It's not really what you do in the game is not all that interesting. What's more interesting is why you did it. Like, what was the thought process that led you to that? And that's where it can get, like, really dark. So, so Indy, yeah. what thought process led you to, you know, cheat and kill all those people and then bury their shit and not let them... Oh, that was strategy, right? No, that wasn't strategy. <laughs> that was like, oh, my God, I can do this. This is awesome, and yeah. they can't see me. 
fuck yeah, these and guys and then uh, and it's moral exploration you just it was, yeah you and i was laughing and then it yeah. felt really good and then after a while i was like holy shit this is not good at all. This isn't. I don't want to be this person. I'm totally. But eventually, against, you did feel bad about it. Yeah, That's I'm like, I am. Like, I'm totally against people that do, do this kind of thing. You know what I mean? People that <laughs> but grieve. Here but here I am doing it and laughing. That's right. why I like. I just. I literally immediately uninstalled the game and was. I didn't touch it for. It was really like six months, maybe even more. Wow. So it's not like you just felt bad and like you know shut the game off and went and had a coffee, but like you uninstalled the game. Yeah. You felt that bad about it. Right. It was weird. Wow. It was a weird yeah. thing. He, he was trying to erase the evidence. But, of his yeah. Erase. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I did not delete the mod or anything. Um. But you know, I've got friends that like play Conan, and they will go and you know build and block off areas so you can't get to them, or you know they will capture people because there's a lot of, of servers that you can play, you know, where you can just capture people and then put them in a cage and then keep them there. And then there's people that I know that get off on that kind of stuff. And where I'm, I don't know, I I don't. I, I could I could see that it's it's it has something to do with getting energy, right? You know, you get mm -hmm. energy when, when you interact with people. You get energy, right? You're nice to people. You feel like this good energy. Well, there's other people that do bad things that that you know they're like psychic vampires, is what I call them, where they just suck your energy. You know, and I, and I feel that's kind of what it is. You you gain energy by sucking other people's energy. Hmm. Well, that's that's the griefer. That's the troll. Right. So they're over there laughing. It's like the people that comes into the stream and, and you know calls me fat or something, and then they think that oh yeah I'm gonna suck this dude's energy, and then I turn it around and be like, um, you take the most obvious thing about me and just say you're fat. That's like the um, that hasn't been said to me a thousand times before, and then I like suck their energy back and then make them feel that big, and then they they leave. You know. So. Do the choices that we make in games, do they, what does that tell us about our internal, our, our actual morals? And, and does it differ between, because you brought up the fact that, you know, single player game versus MMOs, where, yeah. from your standpoint, from the philosophy standpoint, what does it say about us and the next level of that down is how is it different between things? Is is it okay to do it when you're just in a single player game versus? All okay? I know, Jay, is I want to come over to your house and smash one of your vases and take some of your gems. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why I don't leave my rupees in vases. Don't leave them in a vase. It's an obvious place now. Right. Everybody's gonna look in the vase. Um, so the first thing uh, to mention um, is that obviously we make choices in games for really complicated reasons. Sometimes it's strategic, sometimes it's moral exploration, but sometimes it's not. And um, I am really interested in, you know, when are those cases when it's not? Um, or those cases where you feel guilty about it after the fact. Um, there are some theorists and philosophers and psychologists um, who who take a really strict amoralist view. The strict amoralist is somebody who says that games are nothing more than games. There's nothing you can do in a game that's ever wrong because you're just playing a game. So people make choices in games for reasons that have to do with the strategy or the fun or the experimentation, and they don't make choices for any genuine moral reason. And I think that's probably not true. I think sometimes we do, and you can see that in those cases where we feel guilty. Um, on the other extreme, you have people who you have philosophers who are like strict moralists. They think that all of the choices that we make in games have some evidence, offer some evidence about our values or our moral character. And I think that's probably not true either. Sometimes I do just play games for fun, and that's there really is nothing more to it than fun. So what I try to defend is a more moderate view. Um, the moderate view is that choices we 
making games can offer evidence about the things that I actually value or my actual moral character, but it has to be under the right circumstances. So on my view, the real um, philosophical debate here is about what circumstances does it matter? Like under what circumstances does it make um, a moral difference? And for me, as I've said before, it's when I identify with the avatar, when the avatar is um, something I strongly identify with and I endorse the avatar's actions, then I think I'm revealing to you something about my actual moral values. Um, there's a, to give you a, an example, um, and this is apologies to your listeners. This is a <laughs> this is a dark example, um, but there's a debate. Our listeners will be fine, I assure you. <laughs> right. Um, there's a debate uh, in philosophy about something called the gamer's dilemma. It's this idea um, developed by another philosopher. His name's Morgan Luck. Really interesting guy, um, and his point is that. When we defend violence in games, usually we use uh, there's a, a standard argument people use that it's nothing. There's nothing morally wrong with doing violent things in games because it's all fictional. But if you take that inference, there's nothing morally wrong with violence in games because it's all fictional. I should be able to generalize that. I should be able to generalize that and use it as a defense of doing absolutely anything I want in a game. So what about a game that gives me the, the option to be racist? Or what about a game that gives me uh, the option to commit genocide? Or even worse, what about a game that gives me the option to commit an act of pedophilia? Our, imagine a pedophilia video game. We should be able to defend that on the grounds that, well, it's fictional. Nobody's actually harmed. But at that point, people feel deeply uncomfortable. So the gamer's dilemma is the idea that... Um, there's no moral difference really between any kind of fictional actions, whether we're talking about murder in a game or whether we're talking about pedophilia in a game, because they're fictional. So then either I have to admit that all of them are morally permissible because they're all fictional, or I have to admit that all of them are not morally permissible, even though they're fictional. The third option is that I have to come up with some morally relevant reason why virtual murder is permissible, but virtual pedophilia is not permissible. And Morgan Luck thinks that that is impossible. At least he used to think it's impossible. I think he's changing his mind about that now. But the gamer's dilemma is a great case. So if it's really okay for me to do anything I want in a game, well, what about... Um, virtual pedophilia and keep in mind this is you know if we're talking about single-player games where there is no other person there are no duties of um, sportsmanship you can't possibly and it's steal just a digital a digital image it's not anything. right it's yeah can you do anything you want to digital images and be completely morally free so that's what the debate is about that's a question My... that will never ever be answered <laughs> oh, oh no! We're gonna answer it. No, we're gonna answer, answer it right now. Are we answering now we it right go now? To the government and we yes, get a giant yeah. grant to figure this out. Right. <laughs> you don't need a giant grant. It's chapter six of my book. Um, sorry about that. If we, if we want to get paid, we do. That's hey, the, do you uh, got a link? Right do you have a link to Chris's book? Paid. Can you the link what? it? Uh, do you have a link to your book? Um. Yes, I think I sent it to. Yeah, put, put it in our um. Okay. Our Discord chat, maybe. Uh, Div, Div says it's the answer is it's where you draw the line in the sand. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I do think it is where you draw the line in the sand. Um, what is it that makes you draw the line here rather than there? Like, how would you how would you spell out what that line is in more detail? Because. Uh, how would we do it? Like, clearly, I don't want to say that mur virtual murder in a game is wrong. That's most of what I do in games is virtual murder. But I also want to say virtual pedophilia is clearly wrong. So is it nothing more than just my moral feelings? Is it just I happen to, to draw the line here rather than there? And, and yeah, because you know what? You were talking about racism, right? If it can yeah. be racist in games, there's a lot of games where they're like, we hate those fucking elves. You know what I mean? <laughs> And uh, that's you know, or or there's you know where you will play where where people role play as a racist character in a game, and 
yeah you know racism obviously is bad and wrong and stupid but mm-hmm. to do it in a game is it morally wrong yeah. yeah do you know um this is an awful one but do you know a game called ethnic cleansing i've heard of that I've yeah heard of it too yeah yeah it's developed by um uh, a white power um record label it's resistance records yeah um so they really mean it like in the game you're a white <laughs> this, this is not an allegory There's no, no this is know. not an allegory in the game you're playing as a white race warrior um and in your you have to massacre african americans and then hispanics and then jews in the game and we could stop and say oh but it's all fictional so what's morally wrong but at the same time clearly there's something morally wrong here right like, so what, why, why did, so what's weird is why does that feel so much more wrong than the game like hatred where you just fucking murder everybody what, what what is the what is the thing that makes it I was like oh well, I'm just like or in GTA 5 I'm just murdering everybody oh but if I target you know black people or whatever yeah, if yeah, I target yeah. somebody of a different race then that just feels worse yeah yeah so there oh are some God. philosophers who this argue exactly deep. that that the problem is targeting mm-hmm. like there are some philosophers who argue that what's wrong in these cases is that it's targeted violence um, I don't think that's exactly right because I actually do think that there are some players who play hatred who probably are twisted about it. Right. Um, hatred is not it, even that bad of a game. They just promoted it to be this terrible thing. It's not really even that bad. Sure, it's, it's murdering people, but it's like, you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the difference is like with a game like Ethnic Cleansing, um, there is no moral story you can tell yourself in your head about how what you're doing is noble and right and okay. But there, there are people. But, but that's the problem. The people that this is a problem with game, life, man. Oh, I know, <laughs> right, I know. Right. But the people that made that game are telling themselves a moral story that it's okay. Yeah, there's there's like there's something behind the murders. Where like in, mm-hmm. in, in hatred, you're just like murdering randomly just because you want to. So is is that is it worse to just murder everyone just because you know that's what you do, or is it worse mm-hmm. to uh, murder people because they're different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good um, lord, that my brain is exploding difference? right now. <laughs> isn't there a big difference though in what motivates you to commit these murders, right? In the case of um, GTA, where I just kill everybody randomly, I'm doing it for random fun. Um, in the case of ethnic cleansing, this isn't random. This is very targeted. Oh, unless, it's very... A, unless it's a hooker in GTA that you take around the corner, bounce in your <laughs> right. car, and then let her out and then kill her. Yeah. Um, imagine a person who plays GTA who um, only murders hookers or only murders African Americans in the game. Like that person probably has problems. That person is probably not doing this for innocent reasons. Like, that might indicate something about their moral character. All right, so let's take the morals to the the next step. Given the level of analytics that we have in games now. Oh, yeah. Could we identify people like that and then... I mean, and we're talking like some serious Orwellian shit here, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could we identify people who did that and then they go on some sort of secret FBI, CIA watch list along the lines of what, you know, China's been doing in terms of their their moral scoreboard, basically. Um, Wait, there's a moral scoreboard? That I don't know if they've actually implemented it yet, but there is talks. I mean, I've heard about it where... Each citizen is going to have basically like a citizenship score. It's like some black mirror shit is what it is. I've heard of the citizenship score. Yeah. And and if you're, there will actually be things you're not allowed to do. You won't be able to get a better seat on a train if your score isn't, you know, high enough, you know, that that sort of thing. I'll be interested to see how people game the system because it's a game. You've got to be able to find the way to game the system. Did you ever oh. see that Black Mirror episode that no. was just like that? Oh, where you everyone like gave each other social scores and everyone was just fake as fuck and they're like, hi. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm going to give you five stars. And then they just, you know, that was it was a good episode. 
Cool. Okay. So, I mean, is, um, is it possible that we can get to that point? Because, you know, yeah, yeah. the question of like where that line in the sand gets drawn, to me, that's just all a cultural thing. It's going to vary from culture to culture. You know, some things are right. You know, in some cultures, some things are, are you know, absolutely not right in others. And it can be the very same stuff on, on two different ends of the spectrum. So are we, are we leading to a situation where we're going to be set up like that? And so, wait, Rachel, you said Japan is doing it. Japan, ex explain that. Japan is doing what? Um, that well, is, well, that is Rochelle, not Rachel. Rochelle, sorry. My bad. Japan is doing what? That sounds interesting. <laughs> That's, yeah, she just chimed in and said Japan's doing it. Um, I mean, to be clear, I'm, I don't want to live in an Orwellian world. I'm not trying to defend the idea that this Orwellian, um, you know, there would be a great thing if we could all track each other and, um, you know, watch our morals on games. Um, I'm not interested. I'm definitely not interested in that. I'm really just interested in the the philosophical question of um, whether it's ever morally wrong for me to do something in a game, or is it ever morally wrong for me to fantasize about immoral things? Right. That's a broader philosophical question that I find really interesting, and I hope nobody ever implements this into like Orwellianly tracking people. I can um, guarantee you, somebody has already. Some, oh, for sure. <laughs> yes, but, and it's um, more. It's more like you know things that are morally wrong like God, my, my my brain is exploding right now from all the stuff you're saying it's like what's what's with the game house party where you can you're in a house party and your whole point is just to have sex with every it can have a sex with a guy or girl or whatever but you can literally like pull your dick out and stick it in people's faces in the game okay. right but can you roofie somebody i don't know I, I, not that i'm aware of <laughs> In the game, is it always consensual? Uh, the sex is consensual, yeah. Except for when okay. you, you can take your dick out and stick it right in people's faces. They just go, get that out of here, and then you can still stand there with it waving in their face. Oh, that might not be consensual. Yeah, right. Um, well, damn. That's <laughs> I mean, it's another, it's a conundrum. I mean, you know what I mean? You can, you can... <laughs> You can slap the women in the game. You can't slap the women. Uh -huh. Oh, I guess you can fight some people. Mm -hmm. There's a game. Uh, I've never played it. Um, I heard another researcher talking about it. So this is all secondhand for me. Um, there's a game called Sociolatron. Um, it's an MMO. And it's a game where you can um, you can commit acts of rape in the game. Um, you can force other players in the game um, into sex, and it's uh, you don't have to get consent. Unlike a game like um, Second Life, where the sex in the game is typically consensual, unless you cheat, unless you break the. But I game. mean, if you're already playing a game where you know that you you can have non-consensual sex, you're already kind of consenting to it. Right, yeah, um, and that's something that, like, on Sociolatron's website, when you log on, um, there's this disclaimer of, like, when you enter the space, you know what's going to happen, and you can't really complain about it because you know what's going to happen before you enter. Um, so in a way, you have this, like, weirdly tacit consent. Um, I think there's a deeper moral question you could ask there about whether it's, um, whether there are some things that nobody can really consent to reasonably um but that's you know i i really don't know don't know what to say about that it's an interesting question um so w with all of this in mind mm -hmm. obviously our audience are, are, are the developers themselves mm -hmm. how can developers make some of these make make as you mentioned meaningful moral choices while they're creating the games yeah, for me, I think the main thing is um, that for players, they need to feel like something is at stake. Um, there are some moral choices in games where I don't feel like anything's at stake, and I really feel like this is just an A-B choice. I can close my eyes and just press a button, and it doesn't really matter to me which choice I make. Um, but when I feel like there's something at stake, that's what's important. Um, and for from a game design 
point of view, I'm sure there's loads of ways to do it. There isn't like one magic bullet way of, de of developing a good moral choice in games. There are loads of ways of doing it. Um, an example would be, um, and this is a funny example because there's something I like about the example, but also something that I don't. Um, an example is uh, the moral choices in Bioshock Infinite. Um, when they developed, uh, when Bioshock Infinite was developed, um, the game designers wanted to take consequence out of moral choice. So the, you know, what typically happens in a game is you make a moral choice between saving one character and saving another, but that has a strategic, it's often tied to, um, strategic goals like you save one character for and you get a certain kind of power or loot or whatever or some kind of tactical advantage and if you save another character you don't get that tactical advantage or whatever um and that becomes a really that is kind of a muddied moral choice because it's not clear that you're making the choice for moral reasons or if you're just making the choice for strategic tactical reasons um so Bioshock Infinite, they wanted to take out the strategy, the, the tactical um, gaming for moral choices. And the moral choices that you make there are actually kind of consequence-free. That's really interesting, because when it's consequence-free, you do have this option to explore possibilities that otherwise you wouldn't explore if they were tied to consequences. So that's a good idea. But there are cases where it really doesn't work. Like really early in the game is that scene where there's an interracial couple and they're being stoned in public. Um, they're being stoned to death in public. And you have the option to either throw a stone at them or um, decry this racism and save them. And when I was playing the game the first time through and I got to that point, I was just stunned that I could make this choice. Like, it was a consequence-free choice. It didn't have any strategic um, value in the game. I could go either way. But I was shocked at, like, so wait a minute, I can side with the fascists? That's that's not a moral choice I want to make. That was actually um, a case where there was nothing at stake for me because it wasn't a genuine option. It wasn't genuinely an option that I would side with the fascists and, and throw a rock at this couple because... Why the hell would I do that? Um, so on the one hand, I think it's important to make moral choices where we feel like something is at stake. It doesn't have to be strategic. It can be. I'm sure there is a way of, of making interesting moral choices that are um, divorced from strategy or the, the game-playing aspect of the game, um, like Bioshock Infinite was trying to do. But that particular case, I think, is, it itself doesn't really work. So, and we're getting close to our, our time on this. Anyway. Oh, right. and, and I don't, I don't want to keep you because you're like, you have a real job and you're <laughs> not, not like Dan and I. Well, more importantly, my kid is looking at me because she wants lunch. But. Well, that's a good part <laughs> too. So here's my question. If we were to give you some homework to, to go and, and cause we've had several of these games that have come up. People have mentioned in chat as well. Some of them I haven't even played myself. Would you be open to playing them? And, you know, in a couple of months, however long it takes, come back and let's have this discussion again. Oh, that would be really cool. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I really want to see how how you you look at some of this stuff from the more from the indie games as well because it's like i said when we had breakfast the other day it's the the indie teams are the ones who have more options to push this stuff i'm sure i'm sure there's an awful lot more freedom because you're not tied into the the business structure of the triple a games so you can actually explore much more interesting and diverse themes that yeah i would totally be into that all right cool so let, let's plan on that i'll get so if you're listening and you're on our discord um post it up in in the in the chat if you've got ideas recommendations for games i mean Me i want to I, I want to try uh death and taxes that someone mentioned in chat uh this war of mine obviously and the other one what was the other one papers please I oh papers please is great yes yeah yeah so yeah i mean Dude, thank you so much. For, thank you for having me. This, this is fun. And yeah, I, that I'm was a really good uh, 
conversation. Now my brain is um, blown. Now you feel bad. Andy. Yeah. That's no, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> I'm going to go do some morally questionable things right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Out of your system, right? I mean, it's Friday. Yeah. It's Friday, and I have like a half gallon and a little bit more of Jack Daniels sitting there on the counter. So, oh, you just realized who Rochelle was? Yes, I did. Just, just. Because, uh, that's and, why I'm all. It's, it's, it's Rochelle, I, not I Rachel. This war of mine. I haven't played it all the way through, but I have played this war of mine a little bit. Um, I want so, you to yeah, play this that... war of mine, but play it with the mindset that you're going to do bad things only. Okay. All right. That do you no, I'm telling Jay to do that too. Just play it with you're gonna do bad things. God, only is then like do tough. you wanna save this person? Kill them. Just try it. All right. Just try I'll it. Really. Even even do I'll, it for like an hour. I'll try cool. it. Jay's gonna come back and he's gonna have like his, his, his everything will be shaved and he'll have like the evil goatee. You know what I mean? Yeah, his hair will be all slicked back. Tattoos on his hands. Doctor Bartel, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Thank you for coming and let me know when you're back up here again. We're gonna grab some more coffee. Awesome. Yep. And so you guys, we are on Twitch.tv Mixer. Um, LinkedIn, everything is indie game business, and also anchor.fm slash indie game business to catch all of the podcasts. And do we want to talk about what's coming up, Jay? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. All right, so yeah, next Friday, I don't hey. know what we have next Wednesday, but next Friday, we are actually going to be doing some live. Uh, feedback sessions on pitches and, and on games. So I know a lot of folks have packs coming up next weekend and the GDCs in a few weeks. Um, but we're going to, you know, we've already had some submissions. If you want us to do this for your pitch, hit me up on Discord. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be doing that. And then next Wednesday, who have we got? Uh, Discord.gg slash indie game business. Yes. So we've got. I guess next Wednesday, I've got to remember what, so yeah, we have something. My brain's not working right now. We have a guest next Wednesday. We got a guest. Probably... They're gonna, we're going to talk about some stuff. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Excellent. So, all right. Thanks Bye. so Thanks, much. Everybody. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.